We need some fun, funky music. Yeah, we do. At the beginning. It is our distinct privilege to bring you the Big Wiener Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our opinions on travel, wellness, pop culture, and the lives of Haley and Tim. Cheers. Welcome back to the Big Wiener Show. <laughs> Episode four. Four. Yeah. yeah. Four or five. I forget. Depending on which one I'm going to edit first. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. Happy Monday. Yes. Back in the studio. We just Hitting had our it hard IVs. today. We feel fresh. Hard workout. A hard workout. Great weekend. Mm-hmm. Pure vibes. A fun week up and coming. Heading into a holiday weekend. What did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Friday, we went to Lamani, mm-hmm. which is a new restaurant in Charlotte, South Charlotte. Yeah. I could, we took one look at the menu and I'm like, let's go. This shit's going to have heads coming out. Yeah. I guarantee you, I'm going to see eyeballs. And there were eyeballs. I'm going to see eyeballs. It comes out, sure enough. Lobster with eyeballs. Looking at my food. It was really good, though. It was good, but I, you have to get past that, the eyeball thing. Yeah, I'm not a big head. I like to think of myself as semi cultured. With when it comes to food, but yeah. the minute the eyeballs sit on the table, I'm like, Ow. I'm a child. I'm, Medi- a, I'm Med- a chicken nugget child. <laughs> <laughs> Mediterranean seafood, right? Yeah. Yeah. So lobster, ceviche. Oh, we should have tried the ceviche. Scallops, shrimp. I feel like the meals, the hummus was so good. I could eat mm-hmm. a bowl of that hummus. Yeah, the hummus was very good. It was good. So we did dinner Friday night. I just went home and went to bed after that. And then yeah. Saturday, what I do Saturday? Oh, I kind of just like took some time at home on Saturday morning. Like woke up, had coffee, have a really nice deck. So it was like kind of nice on Saturday. Like it was raining and I could just sit and not get wet. And I just like read my book a little bit deep into that book. Mm, it's so good. So good. I read this book first. It's Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter. So good. I was like... I haven't been that enthralled with a book in a long time. Yeah. It, I couldn't put it down. It was good. It's hard to put down. It's, it's like they leave you in these cliffhangers. Like it's so dramatic. It's like a thriller. Yeah. Movie it was really, and, and it's easy to read. I'm not a big like uh-huh. read person. I get really distracted with reading. I'm more of like an audible. Yeah. Um, but this is a good one. So I sat and read for a little bit, cleaned up a little bit. And then Matt, our content guy, he was like, why don't you come over and hang out with me and Kelly? And I was like, okay. So I just got dressed and headed over. We hung out. And then we all kind of met up. Yeah. I went to Barry's. How was it? It was good. I yeah. like Barry's. And then the rain went away. Sun came out. It was gorgeous out. So we went like, to brunch at Haberdish. And then y'all were in Noda too. So we met up with y'all. Yeah. And then I went to some of the breweries around Noda. Yeah. It was fun. It was it a was good fun. change of scenery. Yeah. It was a good like daytime that also went into the Time. Yeah, we were we were hanging out for a while. Yeah, I hadn't drank on a weekend in a long time. Same, and so I didn't throw up though. No, I did not throw up, not once. Why don't you talk about all the food you ate? Oh my god, I was on a tear. I think this is why I didn't throw up because I ate like enough food for like <laughs> a family of four. Like we went. First of all, I woke up. After berries, I was starving, so I went and got little freezer waffles. Oh, God. So I had some... Fr- I love them. Freezer waffles are so good. It's like the Vans gluten-free yep. freezer waffles. So I had those, 
and then we went to brunch and I had a biscuit, bacon, um, hot shrimp, sweet potato, like gnocchi. And then I was like, the waitress came back and I was like, okay, could we order some more food? It feels like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) I ordered chicken nuggets and like apple pie. You can't forget about the ribs. And the ribs. And the fried chicken. That's that's chicken Uh, nugget. Chicken nugget. Yeah. It was in nugget form. Oh. Yeah. I was eating like a cow and it felt really good. But then we went to the next place and I got queso dip (laughs) and then I was eating somebody else's sliders. Like then we got back after um, going out and we ordered Domino's pizza. (laughs) I was like on a tear. You were. It was like those videos where those fitness models are like challenge myself to eat 10,000 calories in one day. <laughs> I feel like it turned into that challenge for me. You were just going for it. I was, I was there for it. I was like, I know. you it's go like girl. It's like the protein and dieting. Sometimes I'm like, I just can't. I just can't do it anymore. Not today. No. But it was a nice reset. Good. Yeah, I had a lot of fun on Saturday. I think Saturday was a lot of fun. There was yeah. good conversations, a good group of people. The weather was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we were laughing a lot. It was a yeah. fun day. We played a drinking game. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo, a.k.a. Montana. If you know, you know. We just called it Montana instead of saying Buffalo. The game is you drink with your non-dominant hand Yeah. the whole afternoon or the whole time that you're drinking. And if the group sees someone drinking, like you can call Buffalo and they have to chug their drink. Terrible. Yeah. It's the hardest game. It's really hard. You don't realize how hard it is to use your non-dominant hand. Until After the initial, like, okay, we're all playing it. Everyone's just, like, awkwardly staring at you and everything. And, like, you get over that and you just go back into normal yeah, conversation is where it gets you have intense. To do. You have to just smooth things over and then bring up a good conversation gotcha. topic. And then you got to keep your eyeballs open. I got called. But thank God I only two sips left. Yeah. So we're just wrapping up this week. It's a short one because we're heading to the beach on yeah. Thursday night. So. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I love the to beach head down there. I haven't been there in a hot minute. We haven't been in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to relax, to hang out, family for Easter. Yeah, enjoy the puppy dogs. The dogs love the beach. I'm excited. As much as Banksy hates travel, when he gets there, he's happy. He's so happy. He loves new new sniffs. Maybe we should send him to daycare before we fly, and then he'll be yeah. on the plane just like. <laughs> Maybe that's a good idea, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to the beach. Oh, I can't wait. I yeah. love the beach. I've just been playing my bachelorette trip. Yeah, that's coming up. I have wedding dress alterations tomorrow. Ooh. They made me order the biggest dress. Why? Like, I tried it on the size in the store. And this is before I'd started my, like, wedding fitness journey or whatever. And so it was a size four, I think, and it fit me perfectly. And... The lady was like, and I was like, yeah, I'm planning on, you know, losing a couple pounds for the wedding and like kind of working out more. And she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to order you a bigger size. I'm going to order a six, you know, just in case, like, you know, you can always take fabric away. You can't add it. I'm like, I'm not going to like grow a whole size. That's big. By the time I'm like, you know, I was like, I'm not planning on doing that. She's like, no, like I'm going to do this. I was like, okay. And so I tried it on. It's huge. And then I've also toned up a little bit and so i'm like this thing's gonna be i'm gonna be swimming in it so i hope the alterations people are 
dialed. Prepared for a lot the of size fabric difference. to be removed. Yes. Well, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. We got our engagement photos back. Oh, so cute. They came out really good. If you haven't seen them, go look at them on Instagram. Very good. They are Vogue. Yeah. Very editorial. Super editorial. It came out really good. Usually, I'm like, when I see photos, I'm like, there's like two of these I like. I liked all of them. Yeah. I was like, I'm not a derp in any of these. Yeah. I'm an elegant woman. You looked really pretty. Thank you. So. So. I think topic of discussion today is like a little Tim get to know me segment. All you guys know is that I'm gay. Yeah. And I'm a homosexual. There are many <laughs> other facets to the diamond that is Tim Dietrich. The hot mess express. The hot mess express. No. no. I think you're a very layered, complicated person. I don't know if that's a good way or a bad way. That's a good way. You, would you want to be like basic and one-sided? No. no, exactly. You want to be a layered, complicated person. Yes. Haley's yeah. going to grill me And I'm going to try to dig into those layers today. <laughs> Therapist started. Haley wears multiple hats. I am not. For legal purposes, I am <laughs> not, not a therapist. real therapist. This is not under HIPAA. <laughs> so let's start at the very beginning. 1996. That's when you were born? That was when I was born as well. December 29th. You're like, what, a couple weeks older than me? Yeah, a few weeks older than you. Yeah. It doesn't show. (laughs) It doesn't? No. You look freshly 26. I do? I just turned 26. Yeah. So do you. Me too. But so you were born where? I was born in Nashua, New Hampshire. Mm. What is that located near? In Like 45 minutes outside of Boston. Okay. So when I first moved down to Charlotte, everyone, I was like, oh, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, Nashua. They're like, Nashville. And I was like, no. I'm from Boston. So what order, birth order are you? And how um, many siblings do you have? So I have an older brother, then me, and then a younger brother. So you're the middle child. I'm the middle child. Oh, that explains a lot. Does it? Yeah. The middle child's often looked over. Oh, they need to hundred percent. They fight for attention. Yeah, that checks out <laughs> in the best way. Yeah. So my older brother is two years older than me, and then my younger brother's birthday is actually today. He just turned oh. twenty-one. Oh, is he gonna get litty titty? I don't know. I think he's in Texas visiting a friend. Mm. Fun. Texas. What did you do for your twenty-first? Oh God. <laughs> My 21st, um, my 21st, it was 11 degrees outside in Boston. It was so cold. And I have never been to a nightclub. And I was like, we're going to a nightclub. Like, I've never been. Let's go. Meanwhile, I, like, had a very strict dance and ballet career. So I never, like, partied in high school. So when I turned 21, I was like, let's go. Like, let's just freaking balls to the walls rage like this new thing of me just drinking legally is like finally here let's do it so we went to a club in boston with some of my close friends and my brother and yeah i threw up everywhere at the club inside of the the club club. oh that's classic 21 threw up did you turn 21 if you didn't vomit i know that's a good question i don't think you did but then i yeah i barfed everywhere oh did your friends help ruined my friend's jumpsuit Oh no, not the All jumpsuit. over her jumpsuit. Shout oh. out to Gisela. 
my OG ride or die who took care of me that day. Oh my gosh. I wore this ugliest, hideous button up shirt that I thought was, I looked like fucking GQ. <laughs> Looking back on the photos, I wish someone told me to burn it. Oh. Um, I wore khakis. Oh, he's a preppy boy. Yeah, what was like your style in like middle school and high school? Middle school and high school, I thought I was the cover of Vogue. And I, looking back, was not. I like had a rule like I could never wear sweatpants to school. I was not a sweatpants person. Like I was always very put together in school. Hair was done. Clothes matched. Outfits matched. Very put together. Like I'm not strolling up with slippers in the bathrobe. Like Spirit Week. Raging anxiety, hated Spirit Week. Why? Because like it was like pajama day. I'm like, I'm, the person next to me like slept in those pajamas and just rolled out of bed. Like nasty, <laughs> like so gross. Oh, so very put together, very stylish. Had outfits planned according to Young Tim. Yes, very according, stylish. According to me, this is pre-homosexual Tim. I mean, you were still a homosexual, <laughs> Sexual, just not in public. Okay. Um, Were you trying to kind of mask that? Oh, with how yeah. You dressed? I was. T- I told myself I like loved girls. Really? Yes. Like, Did you ever date anyone? No. Did you kiss a girl? No. Damn. Didn't even get that far. So you just were like, one day, I'm gonna. I like girls. It's gonna, gonna happen. It's gonna for happen me one, one of these days. days. <laughs> I'm gonna meet the right girl yeah, with a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did not happen. Oh. And then. Nashua went to public school for high school. So when did you start dancing? I started dancing my sophomore year of high school. And this is like formal ballet? Yep. And that's really late. What does like the training schedule look like for that? So I started and then I was only allowed like one class and I picked up on it very quickly. And I was like, Mm. this I want to do more. What what more can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? So in between my classes, there was an advanced ballet class. That was taught by Miss Judy, who was my ballet mistress. Is that what it's called? Yeah. A ballet mistress? Yeah. That's like the like a, the, t- the coach? I think so. I don't know. Maybe she's a mistress. I don't know what the real... Ballet <laughs> instructor. I don't know. It's like you find out. Like, <laughs> she's actually a mistress. No, <laughs> no she's not. Like, she was just sleeping with a married man <laughs> and teaching no. ballet at the same time. Miss Judy would never. She <laughs> was my favorite. She's the one who was like, damn, this is a guy in a studio who doesn't have guys. Why are we not? Capital? So you were like a commodity. She no. She was like, why are we not doubling down on this and giving him as much as we possibly can? Mm-hmm. Because we would hire people from like Boston Ballet to come, guys like pay them a lot of money to come into our performances. So you would have guys in the ballet mm. because our studio just didn't. So when I joined, she was like, why are we not investing in him? Like if he wants to be here, we should be doing private lessons with him. We should get him ramped up, training schedules, everything, and. The owner was just like, didn't care. She was like, I just, she rather the name of like these Boston ballet dancers coming to the show rather than a local studio boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Miss Judy, so I would sit for three hours and watch her class, the advanced ballet class every Saturday. I was like peeled to the door. And then she was like, you can come in here and watch. And I sat there and watched. And then she was like, no, why don't you just start joining it? And then she was like, you're not going to know a lot. She's like, but I'm going to teach you. And then I really fell in love with it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I I love it. It was like the pressure of it, the elegance of it, the passion I had for dance was huge. It just came out of nowhere. 
This is different from what I would think it would be. It's like, intense. I in my head, ballet instructors are like mean, like go oh, fuck yourself. And I feel like she was actually very nice to you. She understood I was a man. Yeah. And she knew what opportunity I had. The reputation of ballet is that it's so cutthroat. It's very cutthroat. Extremely yeah. cutthroat. I lost, like my best friend Kirsten hated me because I was this new kid on the block, came in, got to go in like an advanced level placement class that like she took years to go into. She was like, who is this person? Like, how did he just get a, be able to come in here and get access to every class? And why are the teachers doubling down on him? Like it became this very mm. rough topic when I first started at the studio. So you're kind of jealous. Kind of jealous, but in a, a way that's like, we're not competing for anything. Yeah. Like I'm not competing. It's not like I'm a girl. I'm competing for your spot. Yeah. But Really took it under my wing, really grew really quickly with ballet, and I was at my prime dancing seven days a week. And you did this after school? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if they have, like, ballet schools you go to. It was, like, a studio right by my high school. So you could just, like, walk there? Yeah. Okay. So I was dancing Monday through Sunday. Dang. During Nutcracker season, Sunday, and then there would be, like, a period between – Nutcracker, where we wouldn't do like any Sunday rehearsals until mm-hmm. our performance at the end of the year. So, did they pair you with like a girl? No, for performances. So we were we weren't a competition school. We were more of a performance school. Uh-huh. So we did like theatrical performances. So like The Lion King, we did. What else did we do? Titanic. Alice in Wonderland. Like, we would do, like, a performance of a ballet. Like, we did the Nutcracker every year. You had to audition for the Nutcracker, mm. which was very what intense. What were you, a little gumdrop? I was not a gumdrop. I was the Nutcracker. Whoa. Yeah. Hold on here. <laughs> Moment of silence. I've been sitting in here for an hour with you. And I didn't know. I was sitting in the studio with the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker. I was the Nutcracker. Holy shit. For multiple years. And then I was also multiple a Rat King. Year. Oh, oh, the Rat King. In the battle. Um, ballet was like my favorite thing. It was like I loved it. I loved being at the studio. I had such a, an amazing family there. Everyone knew me. Everyone loved me. I was doing like the costumes, I started working in the office, being more involved with like production and all that stuff. It was just my favorite time. So why did you stop? Growth. You kind of grow out of it. Oh, like you look around and you're like the oldest person in the room. Yeah, this is weird now. This is weird now. When people's (laughs) birthdays started being like 2005, you're like, oh, Mm. okay, this is pedophilish. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the kind of nutcracker that we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Loved Miss Judy. My favorite Saturday. Saturdays were my favorite day. You couldn't tell me if I could go back, I would. Yeah. Just for a day. Not like change my life to go back, but mm-hmm. Saturdays were great. It started at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning with, with Pilates. Fun. And then we had ballet with Miss Judy, advanced ballet, for three hours. Yeah. And then I would go into like contemporary. I'd go into modern after that. Then I did not do hip hop. Why not? Because I just was not the hip hop type of, <laughs> type of guy. You didn't have the hips that don't lie? No. Your hips were lying? At that time, no. <laughs> um, but it was like, my core best friends were all in the same studio and we became so close 
And it was great because like we all were on the same path, just kind of how like we're right now, our core is really small and we all like doing the same things. We all like working out. Mm -hmm. We all like fitness, healthy eating choices. We're not really big partiers. That's the same kind of, it brings me back to when I was at dance because we all had the same schedule. So yeah, we didn't party throughout high school because we were dancing an absurd amount of hours, but at the same time, we all hung out. Do you still keep in contact with people from dance? Yeah. The dance moms. Aww. Shout out to the dance moms. That's so cute. They keep reaching out to me. Steph and Angie. Love them so much. Um, so when it, you were dancing, were you working during that time too? Yeah. What so was I was doing school, work, and job. Dance. My first job, I was 14 and a half. That's illegal. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. 15 and a half, maybe 15 and a half. You should be 15. Yeah, 15 and a half. Don't out yourself on here. 15 and a half, I'm going to send you straight to child labor prison. (laughs) 15 and a half, and I worked at Market Basket, which is like a grocery store. Market Basket. Yep, more for your dollar. That's their slogan. Okay, what did you do? The checkout line? I was a bagger. Cart cart man? I was a bagger, and I had to do carts. Mm. And then I came out, and I was like, yeah, I'm only fucking doing one cart. They're like, you need to do six minimum. And I'm like, "You're, you're money. You think I'm pushing six carts inside. So I did cards for about three hours, and then I never did it again. And I became friends with my outgoing, bubbly personality with the assistant managers. And mm-hmm. I still like am in contact with them today. That's funny. So we all became friends. I'm still in high school. These people are like older. And I'm like working my way up. They're like, oh, let's just promote you to a cashier. So then I started cashiering. And mm-hmm. I was picking up like loads and loads of hours. I was like, yeah, I'll work. I get out of school at Two o'clock, like I can be there for from three to close on like a Wednesday, Thursday. So if you didn't have dance that day, yeah, like we had go. a day off. Dance. This was like when dance was kind of like, like my prime passed, and I was like, getting, was, getting out of it. When did you say your prime was? My prime was twenty sixteen. Okay, the year after I graduated, I think was my prime. That year, twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen was like my prime. And then after that, it went downhill. Because then all my friends were a year below me. They all graduated. So I did it one more year while they were in college. And then I was like, yeah, I'm done. That makes sense. And then I started just working Because there's no way to like make money in ballet no. at that level, is there? No. It's just like Not fun. even at the professional level. Yeah, that's that's. So true. it was like, my time here has ended. Yeah. I am not a professional. So you like identified as a dancer. Yeah. That was like your whole... And a cashier. And a cashier. Worked my way up at Market Basket. Started knowing everyone. Loved it. And then I was like, had money. So I started shopping and like buying myself clothes. Uh Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm working a lot of time and like a lot. I'm making good money. So I started shopping and I would shop at Banana Republic. Mm. I was like obsessed with Banana Republic. I would go there like three times a week. Were you out at this point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I came out after high school. Okay. I came out actually in Provincetown. Oh. To my best friend and her mom. That's so sweet. Yeah. So shopping weekly at Banana Republic, like all the time. And then Diane, who is the GM there, she was like, you're in here so much. You're so cute. Like you're so stylish. She's like, why don't you just come work for me? And I was like. She's like really like. 
why don't you be in here more so you can buy more? <laughs> she was like, why don't you just work for me? Like, you're here all the time. I might as well pay you. And then you get a discount. Yeah, you knew that employee discount. discount. You're going there every week. Yeah. That employee so discount So I was like, oh, okay. Like, didn't know retail was a thing. So I, she was like, okay. So I started Banana Republic as a sales associate. Became really close with management and found a really big passion. Like, my favorite thing to do would be, like, a busy Saturday in the fitting rooms. And just, like, slinging outfits, like, talking to people, getting understanding about what people are shopping for. Like, my I identified really quickly in retail, like, anyone walking through the door is a sale because they're looking for something. No one's just window shopping. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a list. Like, you're going to the mall for something. I'm, I'm never doing that. Yeah, you're not. But. I'm just, like... Let's see what strikes my fancy. Yeah, but people mostly are. <laughs> people at Banana probably are because it's so like I, they're shopping for work clothes. Yeah, at the time, yeah, work clothes. Like yeah. it wasn't big, like all around clothes. Uh-huh. It was more like work focused. It seems like a theme in all your jobs is like you built a relationship with like the people in management. Yeah. Like became, you turned it into like a relationship job Yeah, and used that to your advantage. And I was like, okay, I want to keep working, keep working. I want to keep working. Like give me more, give me more. And she's like, I can't like you're still in school. Like I only can have you work a certain amount of hours, like for mm-hmm. labor issues. I was like, oh, okay. Wait, fine. so you were doing the cashier thing, and then I left the, the while you were in school. Yeah. So the cashier thing ended what, like your junior or senior year? Yeah. And then you started banana after. So the the cashier thing, like the owners of the grocery store, they were brothers, and they went on strike. And they were having a family feud. So the grocery store is like closed. Oh my God. For like weeks. That's wild. Like shut down, no deliveries. Everyone was like, like, is it like picketing or spiking? I don't know what it's called. I think it's picketing. Picketing. Everyone was doing that. And I was like, okay, well deuces. Like I'm going to find something else. Hmm. So I worked at Banana. Cool. So I was doing a lot. Sorry, that was a little confusing. Hmm. So, so we came really close with management. Then I found a real big passion for visual merchandising. Like I saw someone like style the icon and like pick the, and then I saw like the lookbook from the company sends of like how the store is supposed to be set up. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, was like, I want to learn about this. So I just started doing that stuff in visual merchandising. And then slowly but surely, like I started graduating out of high school and then like got promoted so I was like now on the visual team. So I'd be there in the mornings, like new merch that came out, like unboxing all that, putting it on the floor, coming up with the different folds, styling the icons was all something that like I loved. And then KB was the visual merchandising manager. I love her. I owe my career to her. She was the really one who took me under her wing with Diane and was like, we're going to take you and we're going to teach you anything you need to want and anything you want to learn. And then we're going to move you to a bigger store and then you're going to learn even more and then you're going to move to a bigger position. And that's just basically just what happened. I kept just growing in my positions really rapidly. Yeah. I think it's because you're outgoing and you like ask for more. I always like ask a, for more. A lot of people are probably too embarrassed or too shy to be like, hey, I really like that. I'd like to learn more about it. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, hey, heck yeah. Like someone that's actually excited about it. But I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have the balls to do that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I was just like a sponge at that point. I knew college wasn't for me. I was like, okay, now like I'm at a, I'm at a school. I'm not dancing anymore. So like schedule me a crap ton of hours Mm -hmm. and it became a full-time position and I would just do visuals. I like repainted the store doing overnights 
And then I really grew my position. And then Kristen left, KB, she left. And then another manager came in, Meg, and me, me and her became really close. And Diane was still the GM there. So, like, the four of us just all, three of us just all worked so closely together. And we just understood what we needed to be done. I was doing, like, financial reporting. I was doing, like, mapping, we call it, where you basically map up where every single piece of product is going to land in the store. Like, I knew cabinet 16 and this would be uh, this set of hardware with this shirt faced out and these pants paired with it. Like that was all my job. And mm-hmm. I like drew it out. Cool. So it was really fun. And then rollout days were the best. What's that? When the merchandise comes in, oh, like roll it out merch? onto the floor. Oh, those were like my favorite times, like just music blaring and a bunch of creative people are around you. And it's like, I'm super creative. So I always think of something that's like so out there. And then Diane would come in and be like, we can't do that. Like come, Bring it back down, Tim. You're like, what if this skirt was a top? <laughs> like, it's, it's a no, skirt. I'm talking about like moving walls and like <laughs> tables. Oh I was like, God. let's do this table like down the whole center of the building. And she was like, chill out. Calm down. Bring what's, it back what's down your, to She was like, what's your theme? Stick yeah. to the map. Stick to the map. But it was great. I love Diane. She actually texted me this weekend. Aww. And she was like, I miss you so much. She's like, you look like you're doing amazing. Yeah. And she made the breast, best brownies. Mm. And she would always bring them all on rollout days. Yummy. Because those were like 14-hour days for us. Like We were working a lot. And she would always bring brownies. And I would be like, oh, I love the brownies. So she just said she's mailing me some. Oh, yummy. Yeah. I want some. They're like gooey. Oh, I love a moist brownie. So you're working at Banana in Nashua. Mm -hmm. Then I got promoted to a visual key holder. In mm-hmm. Burlington. So how far away is that? That's like 35 minutes. Okay. No traffic. Traffic, an and hour and a half. you living at home at this point? Yep, living at home. So you're driving like up there? Up there. It's like an hour and a half commute. Wow. With traffic. Wow. 30 minutes without traffic. And so you weren't ready to like move out there? No, because Burlington's like, Burlington's like South Park Mall area mm. for us. It's like very, it's a it's a very large mall. It's in, um... They have like a Neiman's, a Nordstrom's designer. Um, so the banana there was a very high volume store. But the challenging part was it was less square footage than probably this upstairs. Wow. So there are the tiny. number. Yeah, very tiny. No backroom storage. Um, so visually, it was very difficult to land merchandise. You're trying to fit a large store with a lot of quantity into a shoe shoe box Mm. so we had to get really creative there so then i met kara smith who i love to death she was our visual merchandising manager for the northeast and she found out that i was moving into the bigger store and she was like i'm taking you under my wing like we are gonna go big she's like you have a talent that most people don't have and a work ethic that you don't see in someone your age she's like i'm doubling down on it again just like with ballet Mm -hmm. she was like i'm going to push you to your limit and I'm going to train you and take you under my wing and you're going to go big. And I was like, okay, down, let's do it. And I was so down for it. So I got moved to Burlington and it was a nightmare. Oh no. Nightmare. I went from Diane who was probably one of the better, best GMs I've ever worked for to someone who wasn't. Oh Which no. changes like, it was like a toxic 
three toxic managers out of six managers that made life miserable. Mm, like, that's like the power of leadership. They can empower you and like bring out the best yes, in you, or, they, or can they can destroy you, suck the living soul Life. from your body. Yes, like for instance, it was a thirty-five minute commute. Their shipments, so at Nashua, the shipments would come at seven a.m. Burlington, they come at four thirty in the morning. Oh my goodness! Four thirty, the tr- the truck drivers there. So I had to be up at two. Jeez. To get to work, that's a long day. That's a very and long she just day. didn't understand like. That and then in the winter, there was a really bad ice storm in Nashua. Like, my car was frozen over, like, could not drive. And my parents were like, You're not going. Like, you're not driving on the road. It's a sheet of ice. And I got ran up for that because I didn't go to work. I called her and I was like, I can't come. Like, this ice is really bad. You just weren't understanding. And she just was not understanding about it. She made my life hell. She (sighs) turned on me. All the other managers were like really nasty and just like out to get me. And it was just a really bad time. I was like, I would go to Diane and like cry. I'd be like, I don't know why you sent me here. Like, this is miserable. Like, oh, this they GM. They couldn't move you back? This GM is terrible. And then D- Diane was like, oh my God, I'm so, she felt terrible. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Then they moved me back to Nashua for a bigger position. Oh, good. So I moved back to Nashua full time with Diane as her visual merchandising man, like, manager oh cool so it was like i oversaw everything now yeah um so is that what Kristen was doing before yeah. okay so i oversaw everything now i was full-time i'm like okay this is like were you on salary salary oh, like it was a big my, big boy. my first big boy job yeah like on a, a real manager on the leadership team yeah. like i got keys to the store like ready to go oh it's exciting um i was the one like calling the shots and the national store was split into two there's two entrances so men's, women's was on one side and men's was on the other side. And I was challenged with how can we get more ROI out of our men's business? So I, I analyzed my first big project I ever did with Banana. I did like all these analytical reports on traffic flows of where people were coming in. And I built a case based on numbers to flip the store. Mm. So women's would go on the men's side, men's would go on the women's side. And the numbers grew. It took a lot so of convincing. They, you did it? Yeah, I did you it. You changed the whole store? I flipped the whole store. Oh. Diane was like, you're crazy. This is going to, like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Diane, I'm telling you, it will work. Because the cashiers yeah. was on the men's side. But men's don't have, like, the knickknack shit that yeah. women's does. Like, jewelry, bags, ads on, like, all the fragrance, everything, belts. I was like, trust me, it'll work. And we flipped it, and they did. That's like incredible. I think they doubled the business. Wow. Makes sense. Like in grocery stores, they put the bread in the back. So you got to walk through the, whole, the store. whole store to get to the bread. So I was like, she's like, I can't believe this. Like the district manager was shocked. Kara was like, I mean, the numbers in here, like you're smart. So I did that. And then I just started traveling with Kara a lot. Like Diane was super encouraging with me to continue my education. She was like, I don't want to put a, a cap on you. She's like, if you want to go to other stores with the team, like the visual team, like I'm going to send you if I can and make it work. Awesome. And the other managers were really understanding about that too. So I just started doing that. I just started cool. tra- traveling. I met the senior VP wow. of visual merchandising and he gave me a big shout out. Oh, that and sounds like a very happy time. Yeah, it was. It was a really good time. And then I got moved to the Linfield store that was underperforming, which was like another hour and a half commute oh. every day, twice a day. But the Linfield team was great. It was a huge store. So... 
where did you go after Linfield? Like, how did you get to Charlotte? So the Linfield store, I transferred there in September of 2019. Okay. And then COVID happened in February. So we shut down. So I was, my last day of work was like March 14th. And they're like, we're going to pay you for the next two weeks. We're closing all stores. And then in two weeks, we'll reevaluate. Well, two weeks happened and the world shut down. So I left, basically I had the whole summer off of 2020. And then I went back to work in August back at Linfield Mm -hmm. when they reopened the stores. But we had a family reunion in July of 2020. And my cousin from that lives down here was like, now's the time to do it. Like, why don't you? She's like, there's a banana at Brookdale. Like they're reopening. There must be a manager who's not coming back. So I just was like, oh, you're right. So Mm -hmm. I called the banana down here. I looked online. There wasn't any openings. That was my position. So I called the GM down here and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in moving. You know, this is my my 10-year career with banana. Um, Visual merchandising, my favorite thing. Like, do you have an opening? And she was like, actually... My visual assistant manager just quit. Oh, boy. She's like, I haven't even posted the job yet. It was meant to be. And I was like, no way. And she was like, yeah, like, let's talk. So I, t- we had an interview. And then I interviewed with the DM. What's that? Of that like, district manager for okay. that region. And then she called Kara and my DM. And they gave flying color reviews. And they were like, you doubled down on him. He's untapped potential with visual merchandising has made strides in the Northeast. So I got the job. She called me and she was like, Hey, we're going to offer you the job. Do you accept? And I was like, this is really happening. So did you take a pay cut? Cause no, it was an assistant? got a pay increase. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I got a pay increase. And I was like, Oh shit. I accepted the job on the phone with her. And then I like hung up and I was like, you're moving. Fuck. I'm moving. So then I called my cousin and she was like, you can live with us. And then I had to be there in two weeks. So I packed my car up. Just, I didn't tell my parents. Did you just take what you could fit in your I car? I literally just took clothes. Wow. That black car, I f- was filled to the brim wow. with my life. Um, then I told my parents a week before I was moving that I got, I told my mom, I accepted a new job at Banana. It's a promotion. Were they sad? And she was like, oh my God, good for you. Like, are you so excited? And I was like, yeah, the catch is though it's in Charlotte. And she oh, was like, oh, no, fuck no. <laughs> she was so mad. She's like, oh. you're not doing this. Like all my friends were like, you're going to fail out of this. You're not ready for this. Like everyone that was like supposed to be like you think would be like good for you. You're going to go crush it. Like proud of you wasn't. The only person that was was Gisela, mm. my be- who was my roommate at the time. Wow. So I packed my car. We moved. I moved down here and started the job. And then within six months, I was like. I'm over retail. This is 10. I hit 10 years with banana. So how long were you at the Burkdale banana? I would say like a year, maybe six months. Okay. What was your experience there compared to the one in New Hampshire? It was good. Challenging. The GM at the Burkdale banana has been there for 30 years in that store. Set in her ways. Yeah. So I'm a 22 year old coming in. Trying to flip the store around. Trying to flip the store around. And she's like, wait a minute. This isn't how we <laughs> We've do been stuff. doing this. Yeah. So it was uh, headbutting. So maybe you just didn't have that creative freedom. No creative freedom. Oh. But everyone loved me. I built a huge clientele there. Like very personable. Like I said, my favorite thing to do is fitting rooms and sell. Like I love selling clothes. Mm-hmm. 
talking to people, getting to know people. I met so many connections there. And then I was like starting to get popular in the city, like with friend groups. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to work weekends anymore. Like, Humble brag. Not like yeah. popular in that aspect, but like I went from like <laughs> living at my parents to like this major city with yeah. no one, no so parental this is vision. So you started like going out. Yeah. You found some buddies that were found some buddies who were like the club. who work Monday through Friday. Yeah, and so and they're like, "We're going to rage," and yeah. you're like, "I have to work on the I have weekends. to work. I, I want to rage. I want to rage." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay," and this was like lake season. I was like on the boat because I've been coming to Charlotte and being on the like Lake Norman sandbar since like 2013. Like I was like a, a rat from day one. I was a rat from day one, but just I wanted that. So I was like, I want something more out of retail, more nine mm-hmm. to five corporate, but I still wanted to be creative and I still wanted to talk to people. I didn't want to give those two things up because I know that it's what I'm good at. So my friend was like, you should do recruiting. She's like, you'd be really good at recruiting. You can talk to people. You're not afraid to talk to people. You're not afraid to strike a conversation. She's like, you'd be really good at great um, recruiting. So I started at Robert Half in um, marketing. I was a recruiter for a creative marketing team. I hit the ground running. I had a great team, Gavin and Ashley. I still talk to Ashley. She was awesome. She's like one of my closest friends. She was my manager. She was like, I'm going to just feed you this information. And they, it was just the two of them. And it was like post-pandemic first hire was me. And they're like, this is going to be great. And I was hitting it. Like my my GM and my numbers like skyrocketed within six months. That's awesome. Yeah. I was on like company-wide calls, like leading them, like creative company-wide calls with like the senior VP. It's exciting. Multiple times, like just hitting weekly highs and all this stuff. And I was like, this so is great. So salary or commission? So salary plus commission. Okay. So you get a base salary. Yeah, base and salary. Based on your performance, you, you get yeah. a bonus. Based on like your GM, that your weekly revenue uh-huh. that I bring in. Um, I get commissioned off that. And it was great. I loved it. I was like, this is so much, so many highs and lows though in recruiting. Mm-hmm. And then I got involved with the owners of the bar. I became friends with them and started getting popular in that aspect of it and still doing full time. So this is like a bar in South End. Yeah. That you were going out a lot. Going out a lot. you were just going out and like meeting people. I was just going out to the bar and I just, the owner, Bethany, I was like, I went up to her every time I saw her and I was like, your outfits are fire. Like you are gorgeous. And then she was like, Oh my God, thank you. And then me and her just hit it off and became friends. And then I would just go to the bar and hang out with her while she would work. And then that just built that relationship. Like I should be making some money while I'm standing <laughs> here. Standing here. Like, let me. And then they opened a second bar and offered me a position. And I just took that and ran with it. That's awesome. And I was still doing Robert Half. But then when yeah. you're like, Oh wow, this is so much more. Like nightlife, I never knew about nightlife and until you doing, you're involved in nightlife. Like events, planning yeah. and stuff that you got to be creative again. Yeah. So I'm like recruiting, but then I'm like, okay, well, this is really what I want to do. Yeah. So then I was doing both and then. That's hard though. It's very hard. On your body, like you're going straight after your nine to five to, to a, the club. Yeah. Oh. It was a lot. That's just physically very difficult. It was so do. difficult. So I was still doing recruiting, um, moved to a different team within Robert Half. So I moved to like national accounts. Mm-hmm. So it was like at a, at a national level I was recruiting on. So I worked for like, th- uh, like three clients. Like I had three clients that I only recruited for marketing wise. Okay. And then I have always wanted to be a personal assistant and I got an opportunity to be someone's, I interviewed for a opportunity to be someone's like a celebrity's personal assistant. And that really screwed me. I was like, damn, this is what I want to do. And when you figure out what you want to do, your current job becomes miserable. 
Yeah, that's true. So I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And then Phil posted that he was looking for one. He's not the celebrity. <laughs> He's not the celebrity. I didn't get the celebrity job, but in hindsight, yeah. it was best for both parties because I didn't have experience. Yeah. And then it was December. I was so sa- I was so miserable at my job. It was just post after NAS- um, Aspen. Mm-hmm. I was so sad at my job. I like took the day off, which I never do. I, like calling out of work or like taking days off gives me like raging yeah. anxiety. So I was like, I'm not, I'm just gonna take the day off. And I literally woke up that morning and clicked my Instagram and it was like yours and I saw it and I swiped up and DM'd you and then the next one was Phil's but I knew Phil didn't follow me so I was like he's never gonna see it like this is bullshit and then he did <laughs> then I interviewed and got the job Yay! <laughs> so I left corporate America which I'm yeah. so grateful for and I love my job now I'm so happy that's it's just wild how easily you make friends I think that's something that so many people struggle with is like moving to a new city and like making friends yeah. and taking a new job and like making friends. It seems like you are not afraid of challenges and like change. No. Like you embrace change so fully. Yeah. Because it's like an, you see it as an opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. I'm very good at building relationships. What is your secret sauce to making friends? Complimenting people's outfits. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. It's just easy for me, which is crazy because I mean, you, you've got to know me over the past couple of months a lot and you see a lot that a lot of people don't see. Mm-hmm. And I have this very big bubbly personality and like super energetic and like the sunshine in the room. A lot of people say like, you're just this positive sunshine that brings so much light and happiness and your smile is contagious. But then also like I suffer from really bad anxiety yeah, and like overthinking. So my like highs are really high, but my lows are really low. Definitely. You just get in a dark pit. Yeah. Of like, like ruminating on a thought and like you just go silent. Yeah. Like I feel like I know that's when you're dealing with anxiety is you just go dead silent. Like you're just like not responding to anything or like, you know, someone will ask you something and you're like giving one word answers. I feel like that's when you're just like ruminating on a thought. Yeah. It's hard to like pull someone out of that state. Like there's not much you can say to be like it's okay. Like, you know, you just have to go through it. It's a work in progress. It is a work in progress. We're working on it. But yeah, as long as you're working on it and you feel like you're making, whatever you're doing is helping you make progress. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Yeah. But everyone probably has some degree of anxiety. Yeah. I don't have like a college degree to say like, Oh, I did this and I'm qualified for this. Like I think my college degree degree is building relationships. I, you could put me in a room with 500 people and I will give you a list and be friends with all of them by the end of the week. Which is also why you are so successful at this job. It's like me and Phil, that's our worst nightmare. It's <laughs> like being in a room full of 500 people. Like never. I'm like, I want to be at home. Yeah. And Phil's like, I'd rather just be on my laptop looking at Zillow. I love <laughs> like, building relationships. Lo- I feel like connections and building relationships is 80% of the small talk, the like schmoozing, yeah. like that's right up your alley. Yeah. I'm like, F the small talk. Like just I give want me what I need. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I think I thrive in like deeper relationships. Yeah. And you thrive at like building those like initial friendships. Yeah. Like you're able to like tap into like, you know, make people feel good about themselves. Yeah, definitely. I'm very outgoing. You are. 
You're a little social butterfly. I'm a social butterfly. You never want to be. This is one thing I noticed with all super extroverted people. They never want to like being alone is like draining to them. Yeah. It's like when you're alone, you're like, mm, this sucks. Like, I don't want to go home. Like, I don't want to be alone. Like, cause you live by yourself yeah. in an apartment. So you're just like, it's like draining to be alone for a long amount of time. Like you need the social like interactions to like give you energy in life. Yeah, definitely. I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I want to re- I'm not extremely extroverted either. No, I have my moments though where I'm like, yeah, mm, I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. I feel like I get energy from like hanging out with my dogs and like Phil and like just, you know, or by myself doing things alone. And then I'm like, oh, I'm now like craving social interaction. Yeah. I love social interaction. You do. Love it. Yeah. What else about me? So you're single. 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 Ready to mingle. Yes. So. I think so. I think I am. Yeah. I say I am. I don't think you should be, anyone should be overly eager to not be single. No. I think I'm just kind of riding the wave right now. There's yeah. a lot of new, a lot of change has happened mm-hmm. in 2023 so far. A ton of change in my life. You've stepped back now that you're not working in nightlife. Yeah. I think you've stepped back on like the drinking. Removed and like, myself from the bar. Yeah. Working out a ton. Prioritizing myself. It's also in those quiet, sober moments is when like emotional like or trauma you haven't resolved or like comes through feelings you have that you have been like avoiding or just like working overworking yourself to like not feel the feelings or not like hear the thoughts in your brain it's like they start to come to the surface when you start working on yourself you're right it's like a painful good growth yeah it's a uncomfortable growth it is it's also like just like phil challenged me the other day he was like okay so you're 26 he's like when i was 26 like this, that was, he was like, I have all of this. And that was only four years ago. He's like, so what do you want? Like, who are you? He's like, you need to figure out who you are. Like, yeah. what is your platform? What do you want to be? What do you want to go? Where do you want to go? So I think I'm just excited to kind of fi- figure that out. I'm excited for this summer with a new group of friends that are, are all alike minded that I know have my back. Yeah. I'm excited to be traveling a lot more and seeing new places and experiences um, I'm a sponge. I love learning. And I think something that I'm really interested in, I've always been interested in, but never scratched the itch was like the real estate and interior design portion of what we do. Mm-hmm. And like the different, like building the houses and taking the house and changing it. And that portion, that's like something that I'm really interested in and want to like capitalize on more now that we do that a lot more in my life with this job. So I'm excited to just see where that goes. Totally. That is really exciting. But who little knows? SpongeBob. Little SpongeBob. <laughs> it's hot gay summer for me. Hot gay summer. Unless you're really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work on myself. Like unless you're hot. Unless you're I'll hot, give up my personal up. my personal growth for you. I'm gonna. Oh. No, I'm joking. So uh, you've been single the whole time you've been in Charlotte. Yes. Well, I talked to someone briefly. Casually. Casually. Not like a. It was, we were like we were like together, but yeah. then it didn't go didn't it go too long. Lasted not as long. It didn't last long. So, so do you think of, it's been like the dating scene in Charlotte has been more difficult or so toxic in New Hampshire? Well, New Hampshire or Boston, Bo- I guess. Boston. It's just the gay community is very clicky. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a click, it's hard. Do you have like a group of other no. like, gay men that you hang out with? No. I wonder why. 
Just because they're clicky? Yeah. It's hard to get into that. Because I do feel like gay men hang out with a lot of other gay men. They do. But they also sleep with each other. from what I've seen. Yeah. That makes sense. And I don't like that. That checks out. (laughs) It just is a very clicky... It's like they have auditions and like you can audition to be in there. Or the only way you get into the group is if like someone brings you in and like they're, they've been dating. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then you get into the group because I don't know it's different. Yeah. I just also, I feel like there's just so much drama and co- like competitiveness. Yeah. And the gay community with certain cliques that I'm like, I just don't need that in my life. Like, cause there's not as many gay people. It's just like as there are straight people, so the competition is like doubly doubling. It's yeah. like, oh, you don't have a six pack? Oh, well, hmm. and they're like, okay, well, don't body shame me. Yeah, that's that's really toxic. That's the toxic part. Is that a big part of the gay community? Yes. Body shaming. As appearance, what you have, yeah, how you appear, who's social climb, oh, how connected are you? Really superficial stuff. Superficial stuff. Oh. I'm sure there's plenty of amazing. Men. Oh, there probably is. They're in relationships. (laughs) (laughs) They're just in relationships. Yeah. I just think like, I mean, I'm going to take your advice that you gave me a few months ago. It's just like, just when you aren't looking, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to go into this new chapter of just continue working out for myself, getting my health back Mm -hmm. and how I want to appear to myself in the mirror rather than how I want to appear to other people. Yeah. And then just not giving a fuck about what people think of me. That's a great attitude to have. It's like you. And like who I'm associating myself with. You have so many goals right now. It's like you don't want to make a goal to like be with someone. No, it's, it's not like a goal. That's never going to happen the minute because it's out of your control. Yeah. It's like you have no control over meeting someone unless you're going to lower your standards enough to just like be with anyone. Yeah. Which and is I'm not, not doing at all that. what <laughs> you want to be doing. I'm not going to go into a relationship just to fill a void of, oh, well, everyone around me has a partner. Yeah. It'd be nice to be with someone. It'd be nice to be with someone. Like, or I'm, I'm lonely. Do- like in those lone that's the only time I remember from being singles when it was really tough. It's like at work, I like loved the freedom I had. Like I yes. loved my free time, but it's like when you're like going to bed and you're like just thinking it's like, or it's, or something hard happens yeah. and you're like, Ooh, I would love to be able to like speak to someone or go home to someone. Yeah. Those lonely times we were like, Damn. Or it's like a Friday night and you've had a hard day at work, a hard week at work, and all your friends around you are all like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Oh, well, we're going to date night and date yeah. night and date night, date night. And you're like, they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, uh, sitting at home. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, uh, okay, maybe I could find someone. Wow. I think you have so many amazing qualities that it will not be difficult. No. But I'll find love one day. Yeah. You just, you got to be, stay picky. Stay picky, everyone. Stay picky. I just have like very big career. Like my career is a very big portion of my life. And it's fair to be like, this is my like career moment. Yeah. This is not my like find love, be going on a bunch of dates. Like you just don't have time for that no. right now. I want to focus on myself right now and like make sure the house is strong. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Foundation before you build the house. Before the house. I think my foundation's built. I'm just, some of the walls are slowly going up. The framing. The framing has started. Framing. No cabinets. No cabinets yet, <laughs> but the framing has started. Oh. Um, but no, I'm excited for the summer. I'm really no. excited for the summer. I'm excited because I have one job. Yeah. I have one job. It's a fun job. You got to prioritize yourself too and self-care. It's like, yeah, you could be working another job, but it's like 
you uh, take the loss. wouldn't be working on like your fitness. You wouldn't no. be working on like self care, like or doing just fun things. Like yeah. oh hey Tim, we're going here this weekend. Like yeah. Oh sorry, I can't come. Yeah, I have to work. No, it's not happening. You've definitely made changes to make yourself a priority in your life. Yeah, just can only lead to good things. Same. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, well, this is fun. This was so much fun. I feel like I got to know you better. And oh, I hope good. Our audience did as well. Yeah. The beautiful sunshine sponge that is Yay. Tim, Tim Dietrich. Dietrich. <laughs> Homosexual. Right. Like, subscribe to the podcast. Share. Great. Great. Bye, Tom. Big Show. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.